the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living. But you got to come to him. The one who hears says, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Bible tells us that, and in Hebrews it says that a couple of different times in chapter 2, but I want you to see chapter 4, Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. Raise your hand if you know your weakness, okay? Superman's out there. Raise your hand if you know your weakness. You need to know your weakness because the people around you probably know it. He knows our weakness. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Now this word tempted can also mean tested. So when we go through difficult times, we can know that we have one who's been there and yet he didn't sin. So what does it go on to say? Let us in with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. You have a God who not only knows, but stands ready to help you in these moments of need. So A.W. Pink writes, is your body racked with pain? So was his. Are Are you misunderstood, misjudged, misrepresented? So was he. And those who were nearest and dearest turned away from you, felt betrayed? They did from him. Are you in darkness? He was. For this reason, he had to be like his brothers in every way in order that he might become that faithful and merciful high priest. I want to say something to you today who are living in pain, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Jesus understands. And when you're at the outer edge of your own endurance, Jesus is there for you. Hold on to that truth. When you feel like giving up, when you're at the end of your rope, when you're at the outer edge of your own endurance, Jesus, the Christ, who died on the cross and proclaimed, I thirst, he's there for you. When we're needy, we know God understands, but there's a second truth. When we're needy, we also can trust the promises of Scripture. Do you trust God's word? Do you, do you rely on the truth of Scripture? Why would I say that? Look back at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the Scripture. 
I thirst. Why do we have that phrase, to fulfill the Scripture? It's because as John wrote these words, he, he wanted us to know that what Jesus was doing was a fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus knew that this was going to happen. And so he consciously chose to say, I thirst, because it had been said a thousand years earlier that he would thirst. Let me show you. Psalms 22. Remember that poem that David wrote? He said this in verse 14, I'm poured out like water. My bones are all out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. You know what a potsherd is? It's like a a fragment of a clay pot that an archaeologist may find on a dig and then they plant it in a museum and we go and go, wow. Or it's like when you drop a plate in your kitchen floor and it busts into 52 pieces and you say, this is good for nothing except to be thrown in the trash. I th- my strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue begins to... Stick to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. A thousand years before Jesus died on the cross, David wrote, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he wrote, I'm parched. I'm thirsty. He would write on in Psalm 69 more about this, and Jesus would fulfill that prophecy as well. They gave me poison for food, it says in 69.21, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. Now, why is this so relevant? This is fulfillment of prophecy. Did you know in the Old Testament, there are 332 distinct predictions that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ? Scientists And Professor Peter Stoner, in his book, Science Speaks, he he demonstrates how coincidence is ruled out by the law of probability. He says that using the science of probability in reference to only eight Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, you can see that it's not likely that any man could have fulfilled this on their own. In fact, the probability that one man could fulfill eight of the 332 prophecies is 1 to 10 to the 17th power. I can't even say that number. Look at all those zeros. 1 to 10 to the 17th. And then he says, if you want to get a picture for that, imagine that you had a silver dollar and you had enough silver dollars to cover the state of Texas to get to 1 and 10 to the 17th power You could cover the state of Texas two feet deep. Imagine then that you marked one of those silver dollars with a black mark. You blindfolded a man and told him he could go all over Texas. But he had to find that one silver dollar. That's the probability of one man fulfilling eight prophecies. Jesus fulfilled them all. Why is that so important? God wants you to know that when Scripture says something, it's dependable. When He gives you a promise, you can count on Him to keep His word. 
As hard as I try, if I tell you something, there's a possibility I'll fail you. I'm a sinner. But Jesus never fails. He's the original promise keeper. He always does what he says he's going to do. So the question is, if you believe that, as you suffer, are you relying on his promises? Promises like this one, Psalms 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. Aren't you thankful for that truth? Or how about this one from Isaiah 26.3? This is one of my mom's favorite verses. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. You desire that perfect peace of the Lord? He promises you can have it. How about this from the New Testament? 2 Corinthians 1.3 Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. And, and then there's the verse that covers it all. The Apostle Paul, with everything that he's been through, being beaten, being stoned to death, he just didn't die, <laughs> being kicked out of town, being whipped, being shipwrecked, being snake-bitten. And yet he says in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. I want to ask you today, the question is not, are there thirst in your life? We all have those. Needs, pains, suffering. The, the question is, are you trusting in God's promises in His Word? When we feel needy, we can look to the cross and know that our God understands. When we feel needy, we can listen to these words of Jesus and know that we can trust the promises of Scripture. But when we feel needy, we also have fellowship with Christ. Don't miss this. The Bible teaches us that as followers of Jesus, one of our privileges is to share in His sufferings. That does not sound fun, does it? We probably don't talk enough about that. We don't talk about this reality that sometimes God doesn't take us out of a situation. He just joins us in the midst of it. 
Sometimes he's teaching us and molding us and shaping us and and working in us so that we might endure. Why? For the glory of the Father. Did you know that's what it says about Jesus? He endured the cross. Why? For the glory of the Father. So that what happens in my life, whether it's a good day, a bad day, whether it's a happy day or sad day, everything in my life points to God. That's what Paul's talking about in Philippians 3 when he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that God, that depends on faith. And then we hear these things and we want to say, amen, that I may know him. Amen? Amen. That I may have the power of his resurrection. Amen? Amen? That I may share in his suffering. Oh my. Yeah, that's not something we want. But that's something that God says is sometimes necessary. So when you look at the cross and you hear those words of Jesus, I thirst. I think you need to hear the voice of God say to you, don't waste your pain. Don't don't waste your suffering. One of the greatest hindrances to God's working in our life, particularly in this American culture, is this belief that if we just pray or if we just do these things or if we give or, or, or some kind of magic formula, then God's going to give us what we want. That he's some genie in a lamp that if we just treat him right, he'll, he'll give us what we want. But to do that, we, we have to look past the dying children in war in Eastern Europe. We have to look past the persecuted Christians whose necks and their throat are slit on a beach in northern Africa. We have to look past the starvation and the extreme poverty that's experienced even in a nation that many of our church family are from, the nation of Haiti. No, sometimes God is allowing suffering in this world. In fact, that's another thing that his prophecy reminds us of, right? We've already said this repeatedly as we look to the cross. We realize God's not caught off guard by any of this. If he's fulfilling that which was said to happen, he knew it was coming. Did you know the same is true in your life? There are no accidents. Only appointments. And that makes it harder sometimes, doesn't it? I have to trust a God who knew I would go through this pain. Who knew I would thirst. Who knew I would feel needy. But in the midst of it, he calls me to look to him. I need to remind you today that God never wastes anything, and neither should we. We never waste the pain, the 
suffering, the hurt, the, the heartbreak, the heartache we experience in life because God can redeem all things. God can make all things new. God can take your physical hurt, your emotional heartache. He can take your spiritual helplessness and he can use it for his glory if you allow him to. But even though we know God understands and even though we know he is trustworthy, in the midst of our thirst, it's often hard to look to him, isn't it? So I want to close by just reminding you of what it looks like when we don't do that. When we look past the cross, when we don't hear the words of Jesus. When we think we can meet every need according to our riches. The prophet Jeremiah describes it. Listen to Jeremiah 2 verse 13. He says, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So number one, we we didn't take advantage of the promise of God that he will meet our every need. We didn't turn to Jesus who promises us that we will never thirst again. In addition, we thought our way was better. We've rejected God and then we've thumbed our nose at him and said, no, I've got this. And here's how it looks. Imagine taking a paper cup and walking up to a water fountain Knowing that the cup's got a hole in it, but trying to fill it with water and wonder why you're not getting where you need to be. Broken cisterns. Sometimes it's bad things. Maybe the broken cistern of pornography to try to meet that sensual desire that you have in your life or an illicit relationship, adultery. It may be practicing out that sexuality in one of the many ways that God's word says is not honoring to him. It may be putting things into your body that is really a self-medication. You're trying to take away the pain, but you're doing it your way. The, The truth is it can even be good things that we've, made idols in our lives. We, we can turn to religion, but if it's void of our relationship with Jesus, it's not making the difference. You could take something as necessary as food <laughs> and, and think that's going to bring you pleasure. All of these things, broken cisterns, things that will never quench our thirst. In fact, Jesus said that when we do that, we're inviting hell into our lives. Because that's what hell will be like. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Jesus describes that experience of the rich man in hell. Listen to this from Luke 16, verse 24. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm in anguish in this flame. But that's not God's desire. 
Remember how I told you that Jesus endured the dimensions of hell on the cross so that you would not have to experience hell in your life? God doesn't want you to go to hell. He went to great lengths to make sure. That's why Jesus died. That's what his word says. God demonstrated his love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You want to know what God wants for you? It's described in the book of the Revelation. In Revelation 7, this is what he wants. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's what God wants for you. When you meet the thirsty cross at the, the, the thirsty Christ at the cross, you'll never thirst again in the same way. Because he will meet those needs. Question's not will you thirst? That's going to come. The question is how long? You'll be needy. You'll suffer in this life. But will you do that with Jesus? Will you endure the pain? If necessary for the glory of the Father. Mexico City is one of the largest cities in the world. Over 20 million inhabitants. It's sinking. Literally. Parts of Mexico City sink a foot a year. In the last 20 years, scientists tell us that it's sunk on average about 22 feet. Just imagine that. Why? It's because the people are thirsty. They need water. Not a big deal. We all need water. But for them... Their water supply is underneath their feet. They're drawing so much water from the natural aquifers that it's causing the ground under them to erode. They think they're quenching their thirst, but they're sinking. And so are some of you. You've turned to things that are not of God. You've looked away from the cross. Whatever the reason. Real pain. Actual abuse. Deep hurt. Or perhaps you've turned inward. And hurt feelings. And life's disappointments. And things didn't go your way. You've looked away from Jesus. And yet he's your answer. He became needy. So that you could be satisfied. But when you try to quench your thirst in the things of this world. You ultimately realize they never meet your needs. Remember what he told that woman. Five husbands. The man she's living with now. Not her husband. In John chapter 4. What did he say? 
Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst again. Jesus beat this drum like a lion. He, he, he beat this line like a drum. He wanted us to get it. And so in John 7, he says it again. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But you got to come to him. And you know, even as the book draws to a close, even in the revelation, that's what it says. The spirit and the bride say, come. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.